0: Kent online news
1: news you can trust this is the Kent online podcast
0: Nicola Everett hello thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast hope you're okay the day after the night before it's Thursday July the 8th and we're going to start off of course with reaction to last night's game because for the first time since 1966 England are through to the final of a major football tournament Let's go! That was a reaction among fans watching the semi-final against Denmark on a large screen at the Source bar in Mainstone last night. It finished 2-1 after extra time at Wembley. Harry Kane scored the winner.
2: We know we haven't won nothing yet but you have to enjoy nights like these. You have to enjoy winning which we've done well in this tournament. But of course we, there's always that feeling in the back of your mind that we've got one more to go so we don't want to get too carried away but I'm extremely proud to obviously be the captain of this side. And look we're we're excited for obviously a final on, a, on our home ground.
0: And manager Gareth Southgate laid to rest the go of his penalty miss for England at the semi-final in 1996.
2: For our country, I mean, I've I've not heard this new Wembley like that ever. To be able to share that with everybody and share it with everybody at home is uh, very special.
0: We've been catching up today with fans in Chillingham. It was
2: absolutely
3: brilliant. I was on the edge of my seat. It it got pretty nervy there, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And I can't wait till Sunday. How are you feeling about the final now? Can we go all the way? Yes, of course we can. All right, brilliant. Definitely.
2: Mate, almost cried. Yeah? I'm not going to lie, man, I've been waiting for this since day dot one. Not the ones where we... It's good to be alive knowing that we're in a final and we could potentially bring it home. Since 1996, I'm so excited. Last night was the first time I went to a pub in, okay.
1: I bet you, a few years. And I'll tell you what, it was the most exciting thing. And I'll tell you what, at work that day, in the afternoon the painter because i'm a carpenter right the painter comes up to me and he says go ahead and predict the game and i said to him you know what it's going to be england two to one he said no no it's going to go into over it's going to go into penalties and i says well you go ahead you stick with that i'm going to stick with my story i'm going england two to one tell you what this morning he walked in with his head hung low man I got it spot on. And I tell you what, England, you played fantastic. I loved the way you guys played cat and mouse with, the, with Denmark, especially in the last half of the overtime. You know, all you did was just keep playing the ball back and forth and keep them running all over the place. It was fabulous.
0: Keith Mabbott from Chatham is a former footballer and now chief exec of the Street Soccer Foundation. I've been catching up with him about the game and a look ahead to the final against Italy on Sunday
3: we've got every chance we've it's the best chance we've had um me personally i, I firmly believe we can do it um on our day we can beat anyone at the moment the team that we've got um but i must say gareth southgate the way he's kind of brought this group of individuals together for me they really look like a proper family you know and what i mean by that simply is that they're all playing for each other as a team and a squad you know and what i mean by that again is you know whether you get 1 minute or 90 minutes you know, you take every second on that pitch, and and you make the most of it. And it kind of, you know, showed that from you know, for one person, Jack Grealish. You know, he comes on as a substitute, then he's and then he's sub subbed off. But it was a tactical decision. You know, you know what what Gareth made there and. Jack completely appreciated it. You could see his reaction. You know, there was no sort of throwing off a shirt or getting moody. You know, he he was on the bench, he was smiling. He'd done his job, Gareth pulled him, you know, and gave him a hug. You know, that's that's the team. You know, they're all hugging each other and, you know, helping each other and smiling and being there for each other and playing for each other. I think if we can take that into Sunday's final, we have got every chance. So I'm just hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm not going to be saying it's coming home. I want it to, of course I do, um, but everything crossed because I'm a bit superstitious. In my last comment, I am now wearing head-to-toe exactly the same outfit that I've been wearing for the last three games on Sunday. So um, there we go. So hopefully we can do it.
0: <laughs> Obviously, Gareth Southgate versus Roberto Mancini. I mean, it's a manager that we'll recognise, we know. We, we saw him in the Premier League. Do, does that help in that we know a bit about the manager? Does that help us know a bit more about how Italy might play on Sunday?
3: I think, I think it works both ways, to be honest with you. Obviously, he knows the Premier League and, and English players very, very well, Roberto Mancini, um, and he's an exceptional manager you know, for what he did at City as well. Um, but I think the fact of the matter is, it's almost like what um, Raheem Sterling said on his interview post-match. You know, It's, it's each game, I know it's a bit cliche um, taking each game, but the focus is on the players themselves, You know, their performance, man-to-man, one-to-one, they win that, they've won the game. Yeah, I think the bottom line is exactly that. You know, you're man-to-man, one-to-one. If you win that challenge on Sunday, the team will win. So I think, you know, taking it into Sunday, that the mentality of the squad, I I must say as well, I mean, we're big at the foundation on resilience and mindset and all that kind of thing. Um, It really has shown massively that their self-belief in what they're about as players and individuals and the way they're conducting themselves You know, they should be exceptionally proud. And I think hopefully it's really galvanised the country to get behind them on Sunday.
0: So, as I said, England play Italy in the final at Wembley on Sunday in an 8 o'clock kick-off. We'd love to know where you'll be watching. You can message us via our socials. One King Company has already said its staff can have Monday morning off, whatever the result. Folkestone-based Sleeping Giant media say they'll let staff have a lie-in after celebrations or commiserations. Meantime, more men are getting infected with coronavirus in England, and one theory is that it's linked to more of them gathering to watch the Euros. Initial research suggests cases. Are doubling every six days. Well, health bosses here in Kent are urging us to get tested. If we met up with friends or family for last night's game, the County Council want to reduce the number of new infections. Kent Online News. Other top stories from today and after 30 years of putting up with nuisance bikers, people living in part of Routon say they've had enough. Riders often gather near a former cafe on the A20 London Road and do stunts. Two were seriously injured in a crash there last month. Police have issued dispersal orders and officers will look at what else can be done. Two men have been jailed after Kent police seized almost half a million pounds worth of cocaine at a motorway service station. Officers saw a lorry driver handing over three kilos of the drug to another suspect at Clacket Lane on the M25 last November. The 52 and 49 year olds have been locked up for a total of 13 and a half years. It's claimed installing traffic lights at Kent's busiest rail level crossing will only make congestion worse. The county council wants to turn the Sturry crossing into a signalised junction to improve safety as part of plans for a £30 million relief road, but some residents say it'll cause frustration for drivers and confusion for pedestrians. Now, the boss of a pub chain in Kent says they will be keeping a form of table service because it's been so popular with customers having to sit and Audio drinks can be scrapped when COVID restrictions are lifted on July 19th, if that all goes ahead as planned. But some people have said they prefer it to the scrum at the bar. Well, Phil Thorley is from Thorley Taverns in Thanet. He's been speaking to Lucy.
2: You know, the British pub is an institution and and, and as such, many of our tourists that come into the country, one of the first things they want to do is go and visit a British pub and stand up and have a pint of ale. Uh, and a lot of our customers, you know, certainly within our venues, we've got 19 venues a, a, around the Mediterranean, the Kent. Uh, and, you know, half of those are community style pubs where uh, they're wet led pubs, we don't serve any food. Um, and the other half are, are more food based restaurants, hotels, et cetera. Um, and in those, in the restaurants and hotels, we, we've had table service going for a long time. However, in the pubs, we haven't. And, and it's something that the customers like. So we are going to maintain an element of that. But we've also got a large part of our public in those community pubs who are looking forward to standing at the bar and having a pint again.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's that sort of social part of it, isn't it? Maybe chatting to people at the bar, um, which people have missed out on. But some people say it is a lot easier to just sit down and get your drinks brought over.
2: Oh, look, you know, I think that. Uh, We've all been on holiday abroad where where primarily their culture is to to have table service. Um, You know, and it's funny between Europeans and Brits, there's definitely a difference. Uh, Europeans just want a table. Once they've got their table, they're happy. Brits want a drink. They would like a drink in their hand first. And so table service um, has been really welcomed in a number of our venues. But to be honest about it, we've also got a lot of people who who's, um, uh, in social interaction and, 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 and enjoying other people's company has normally happened at the bar with a series of short conversations and I think they've missed it out of their life and They're very much looking forward to getting back to it.
0: We've also been asking on our socials what you think. On our Facebook, Chris Davidson says, yes, it makes it a lot more civilised an occasion than a rugby scrum at the bar. However, Charmaine Edwards has added no. She says that bar staff's job is hard enough as it is sometimes. And she said, why does everyone want these measures to stay in place? She adds, wasn't that the point of jabs, months of wearing masks and avoiding people so we could just get back to a normal life? However, Stan has had had his say. He says, yes, definitely. I've had really good service wherever I've been. But Paula Weller says, no, scrap the lot. We went out for a meal on Sunday, took an hour for us to get our food. The poor girl serving one whole side of the restaurant looked exhausted. Wasn't her fault, bless her. We left a tip. You can still let us know what you think by voting in our poll at Kent Online.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: A Kent Zoo has banned children's skateboards, scooters and bikes from its site over safety concerns. Bosses at Wingham Wildlife Park near Canterbury say it's because ramps, which were designed to improve accessibility for visitors, have often been used by speeding riders. Meantime, the RSPCA is campaigning to stop fairs in Kent from being able to give away live animals as prizes. Yes, it's surprisingly still a thing. You can win a goldfish from something like a hoopla or hook a duck stall. with well, the charity say they're often kept in plastic bags and can suffer shock and oxygen starvation. A man whose mother's ashes were stolen from outside his home in Herne Bay has had them returned. They were in a flower pot which was taken from Alan Clifford's doorstep on Hunter's Forestal Road in May. A man knocked on his door last week claiming he'd found them while working in a back garden. Rag and Bone Man's going to be doing a gig in Kent, which it's hoped will give music venues the boost they need after the pandemic. They've been shut for well over a year and many haven't reopened to socially distanced audiences because it just simply wasn't financially viable. Well, Revive Live is the idea of the Music Venue Trust. Mark David is the chief exec. He's been speaking to Phil from our colleagues at KMTV.
1: A lot of people did get together and try and make sure we didn't lose these venues during the crisis and that's been very effective in Kent you know we we actually don't have a venue that we've lost yet in Kent We're all of them look as though they're going to be reopening um, the issue now is really what kind of financial damage has been done to them and how quickly can they recover from that so the most important thing really is for people to be you know having given all that vocal support while they were closed we really need people to start thinking okay it's time to go back to live music um, you know, there's lots of shows going to start happening probably from the 19th of July. It'd be great to see a huge summer of music with lots of sold out events.
2: As part of the Prime Minister's announcement for the 19th of July, I mean, having that certainty now, there's a date on it and knowing where you stand, how how big is that as well so you can plan ahead?
1: It is very big. I should caution that in fact there is a conf- confirmatory, if that's, that's even a word statement, on the 12th of July, but we believe that that will go ahead. The way that they frame this does create some problems for us, which is that, you know, there are some concerns about, should people be wearing masks? Should we be asking for tests or vaccines or immunity? You know, what kind of capacity should we be operating at? But these are things that each individual venue will have to think about. And we're doing a meeting today, in fact, with hundreds of venues from across the country in which we're going to ask them to really think about those questions. You know, what is a safe gig? Our motto throughout the whole of this has been to reopen every venue safely. And the government's saying, okay, well, you can just open. We don't think that completely addresses the word safely. And we think that venues will want to address that word. And the people who go to them will want to address that word. And one of the things we want to say to people is, look, think about how you feel about going back to live music. How does your personal behavior keep you safe and keep others that are in that venue safe? What can you do to help is probably the biggest statement we've got.
2: Um, with some sectors obviously there was always going to be a bounce back once they're allowed to reopen you just know that they'll come back are music venues the same because with smaller venues indoors a lot of people might think well i don't know i I just i I don't i don't feel safe how do you respond
1: the polls are all over the place phil that's the answer you know some polls are saying 71 percent of people want to see masks there's another poll saying only 22 percent of music fans want to see masks there's some people saying they won't go unless everybody's been either tested or vaccinated or is immune there's another poll saying people don't want to see that i really do think it's up to individual venues to have a conversation with their community and have a conversation with their artists and the people who love those venues and to come to some sort of agreement you know actually i'd start with the most simple basic thing you know what if you're feeling ill don't go to the venue. That's just common sense, isn't it? But that's the kind of thing we just need people to start from, you know, like just start from the real basics. How do you feel about going back to live music? How would you like to act when you're at live music? Some people will want to go straight back to crowd surfing and go into the mosh pit. Other people are going to want to stand at the back. Other people are going to say, I'm not ready yet. But there's a huge market of people who want live music to return and we're convinced that market is big enough to start filling events up and start running those events safely but at full capacity.
0: Rag and Bone Man will be at the Tunbridge Wells Forum this summer. And a documentary filmed in Kent about the story of champagne will premiere at the Cannes Film Festival tomorrow. It looks at whether the English actually created the drink before the French. Scenes were shot at Hush Heath in Staplehurst, Winston Churchill's home, Chartwell near Westrum, and at the Cliffs of Dover.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Cricket and Kent have drawn their latest county championship match against Lancashire. Jack Leaning's incredible batting on the final day in Manchester kept Kent well and truly in the game and they're back in T20 blast action tomorrow when they head to Surrey. Meantime, Kent cricketer Zach Crawley has been given his first one-day international cap for England. He's in action for the game against Pakistan. You might recall we mentioned in a previous podcast that an entire new squad was needed after a COVID outbreak amongst players and management in the original team. Thanks ever so much for listening that's all for today but don't forget you can follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram plus you can subscribe to the IM News app and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers just head to subsaver.co.uk
1: News you can trust this is the
0: Kent Online Podcast